Welcome to the fourth Galley Beggar podcast. I'm Sam Jordison and I'm very pleased that you've joined me. Um, this time we have a conversation with five writers who are on the long list of the 2018 to 2019 short story prize. So if you're listening in February 2020 as this podcast comes out, that's the prize from last year, not the long list we've recently announced. The writers are Alice Ash, Holly Fitzgerald, Thomas Chadwick, Nicholas Petty and Laura Kay. They're all relatively early in their careers. Uh, one, uh, Thomas Chadwick has just had a book published. Um, some are about to have books come out. Some are still writing their first books. But all of them have fascinating things to say about how you do keep on writing, how you gain confidence, how you keep going, how you get those words on the page. Uh, they have fascinating things to say about the craft of short stories, what matters in short stories. We also have an enjoyable conversation about our favourite writers of short stories, what works in literature, and um, I say a few rude things about current trends and fashion. So, But I'll leave it to you to discover all of that. The thing to know before you start listening is that before we started talking, each of the writers read out the story of theirs that made it onto our long list. Those recordings are also available as separate podcasts. If you subscribe to the Galley Beggar podcast feed, they should have dropped into uh, whatever podcasting service you use at the same time as this episode. Otherwise, you can find those stories by visiting the Galley Beggar Press SoundCloud page. Please do give them a listen because they really are rather good. Okay, onwards. Good Enough Club in Mecklenburg Square in London, just a block or so away from where Charles Dickens used to live on Doughty Street. And I am here with Holly Fitzgerald, Nicholas Petty, Alice Ash, Thomas Chadwick and Laura Kay, who were all last year long-listed for the Gallybegger Short Story Prize. And we've all just sat here. It's quite fortunate that we have quite a comfortable suite, <laughs> as it turns out. Um, listening to the stories, which took around two hours, I think, to read them all out. And I'm sure we're not the first people to gather in Bloomsbury and quietly listen to stories together. But it did feel like quite an unusual experience, I guess. It's not something um, people normally do. (laughs) 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 But, you know... Actually, it was uh, really quite lovely and peaceful. And it was great for me to be reminded of how good the stories are. And um, it's quite an odd feeling as a publisher. Quite often you end up feeling proud of other people's writing. Um, But I had that very pleasant experience. Anyway, we are here. We're going to talk about the prize. Uh, It's around about a year since these guys were on on the long list. Um, and we're currently in the process, uh, this is, in case you're listening to this podcast long after it comes out, it's January 2020, uh, so we're currently in the process of judging this year's Gallybegger Prize, but it's people from last year who are, who are with me now. Um, and 
I've realised it's going to be quite a logistical challenge and a challenge for you listeners because there are six of us here and our voices <laughs> might all get mixed up. But um, So I'm going to speak to everyone quickly, individually, so you get a, a feel for who they are and where they're coming from and then we'll have a general chat about the prize and everything else. Uh, so, um, Laura, why don't I start with you and um, can you tell us a bit about girls and where the idea came from and then um, how it was that you came to be in the competition um, sure um, yeah I I think I was I must have been reading something with a kind of strong sort of voice and I had this idea to write a, sh- a short story that kind of didn't have a person so it's kind of got a sort of written in a they sort of voice and um, but really it was inspired by this time uh, when I was at university and I used to work as a promotions girl for O2 and I just I don't really know how I got into it because it was just I hated it so much and I was so bad at it and and it was all just it's all just the the process of getting ready into the outfits that we had to wear and then we'd go out into the street and I had to sort of go up to strangers and kind of say and have this sort of script where I tried to get them to um, swap onto O2 or something like that and it was just everything I can't stand in life but it was the this moment where she the woman doing the briefing was sort of looked at me and I don't wear any makeup and and she was like you haven't got any makeup on and then put me in so much makeup I look like sort of this hideous Barbara Cartland kind of sort of clown and I just remember going out to the street and I've never had this feeling of just being so upset at my own appearance and like if someone sort of bumped into me I, I thought I looked sort of crazy and I'd always go and like wipe it off and stuff but every time we went into the briefing I had to put this sort of makeup back on so it was about that really. It's, just re- it's really quite autobiographical. Kind, yeah kind of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well inspire yeah inspire yeah yeah that's what I did um, not for very long I think I quit quite soon after they probably only did it for a couple of weeks. Okay so so this is something you did what, how, 10? Uh, probably in the early 2000s. Early 2000s, yeah. okay. Um, I think it was just really good money, and I was like, <laughs> and then I think, yeah, after that I quit and went and worked in a pub or something. Right. But, um, yeah. And what about now? What is it that, you, obviously, you write stories? Um, yeah, I, uh, I do write. Stories sort of seem to I, come at sort of strange moments, and, and they're usually sort of small ideas that kind of just have a voice or just like a moment Um, but I haven't written that many and I I never really I'm not very good at finishing them Um, so this was one of the only ones I've ever really finished and so when I saw you know the thing about the prize I was like oh I can sort of send that one in Um, but I think it it's not really finished either it just sort of doesn't really have a story so that's maybe why I managed to get to the end of it Really? So it's it's actually one of the only stories you finished that... Yeah, yeah. I've probably only written three. Okay. Yeah. So that's quite a good hit rate. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I've been mostly trying to... But if I told you about my novel hit rate, then you wouldn't think that it was oh, okay. very good, because I'm on about my fifth novel. And yeah. so, yeah, I, I spend most of my time sort of... I think I'm better doing things, working out ideas over a very long form, which is why I think stories sometimes can be so great in that they're just like a something you can just mess around with and play and you don't have to commit for a really long time right and so it sounds like this one came out quite quickly is it would that be right yeah i think 
probably, yeah, probably did quite for I write it quite quickly, I'm sure. Yeah. Sounds like you should finish more stories. <laughs> Easier said than done, I know. Yeah. Alice, so, uh, eggs. <laughs> Which, <laughs> listening to it now uh, was, was, of course, a very good experience. And again, I remember, you know, there's a lot to keep up with in the story and um, a lot of conceptual leaps and... So where did all where did, <laughs> where did it all come from? If that is a question that you can um, you can answer. Yeah, there's a lot to. I realised how sort of complicated and confusing it actually was when I was reading it out. I mean, on the page, I think it maybe works a little better because it's quite hard to follow and there's quite a lot of. Um, that, yeah, that, sorry to interrupt. Jumps. That's kind of part of. You know, it's, <laughs> it doesn't feel like confusion for confusion's mm. sake, and yeah. it does feel like it's. It's putting you in strange places as a reader, or indeed as a listener, as we've just been, which is presumably part of the intention. Yeah, absolutely. I I wanted it to be one that you sort of have that moment of realisation and it's quite drawn out and then you would perhaps go back and find the the clues on the way, Um, but also maybe to remain ambiguous right to the the last word. but yeah, it's always very difficult, especially in a short story, to know how much to leave and and just let it hang there and not. I I struggle with being um, maybe a little bit. I'm not a very subtle writer. And I, I really like that about the the short stories, the energy that you can just sustain, like ramming your way through. I really enjoy that. Um, and yeah. so, do you write quite a few short stories? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've just finished a collection. Oh, have you? So, yeah, yeah. So um, this was one that really changed my direction within that, though, because I, I wrote it over about seven years or something, so it's been the long haul. Um, but Eggs was just something clicked, and I really realised I really enjoyed this sort of surreal kind of style. Right. Um, so a lot of the other stories have veered into that direction. Okay. Today, and it's been a lot of fun, yeah. Yeah. And uh, have you have you tried many competitions and? I haven't. No, this this Gally Beggars was such a absolute boost to me because yeah, as I said, eggs really felt like it fitted, and I think I don't know. As a younger writer, I was always like, it's really embarrassing, but I'd like write a paragraph and I'd be like, wow, this is such a great <laughs> paragraph. <laughs> I'm gonna like send it to the New Yorker. And, like, I did all these crazy things. And then, yeah, obviously... <laughs> if only the New Yorker did paragraphs. <laughs> but, I, yeah, I just started really high and then sort of, you know, you're going to creep down from there. <laughs> um, and then I, yeah, lost confidence for quite a while and sort of was um, just... It's, it is hard getting rejections. And I yeah. think, um, especially something like trying to actually be a writer as a career, it's a really bizarre thing to do, actually. And I think you have to kind of um, recognise that your little ego needs to sustain. So I sort of had a bit of a cool down after the rejection pile was like so big. Um, but yeah, this was my, my biggest shot into the to the abyss. Right. <laughs> I was like, I couldn't believe it when I got longlisted. I was so happy. <laughs> yeah. And it must feel like that, I guess, entering a competition that you just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I, I was I was really pleased with this story, so that's I think that's why I, okay. I went for it. Um, yeah, it's been amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and um, 
Holly, let's, let's turn to you. I actually know you're a bookseller, aren't you? I am, yeah. In Hove. Yeah. And um, you sell a lot of our books. <laughs> I sell quite a lot of Lucy Elman. <laughs> <laughs> I throw it at people. Yeah. Um, Ouch. In a good way, not in a bad way. <laughs> I should stress we only realised this after you were long-listed. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, good to know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, not your... Um, Promotions, girl. <laughs> <laughs> but you're well, well. The thing I was meant to be saying is we're, we're very grateful to you. So. <laughs> well, you're welcome. Um, but so boxes, uh, you've you've mentioned when on our website it was is kind of autobiographical as well. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I wrote it. Um, I had my daughter, and then I I stopped writing for about. A year, well, probably a little bit before that, um, just before she was born, I, I didn't write anything at all, probably quite understandably because it's quite a crazy time. Um, and it got quite close to her birthday, and I was annoyed with myself for not writing. And so I sat down to try and get on with this long thing that I've been trying to write for about a million years, and instead wrote little boxes. And uh, yeah. <laughs> it was a bit of an accident, but a good one. Right, so it, it felt different to what you... Yeah, it's completely different. Well, sort of completely different. I don't usually write short stories, um, and I'm not normally so autobiographical, uh, but I think maybe it needed to come out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure that kind of experience is, no doubt, yeah. quite intense. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it came out really quite beautifully. And, Thanks. Um, a very touching, hopeful story. Yeah, is... yeah. It's a strange thing to be surrounded by so much craziness and stuff that looks scary and actually know that it is hopeful. And it's a nice thing to write about. I'm quite good at writing about really depressing things. So it was nice to have a happy ending for once. So, so what is it that you normally write um, about? I, oh God, just normally quite depressing situations. I have a tendency to put people in not very nice situations, which is perhaps concerning about my personality. <laughs> <laughs> but I tend to write um, less, less hopeful things. And uh, tend to read less hopeful things as well, which is always an issue when you get customers asking for <laughs> a happy read. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what is it? What is it that you read? Um, oh God! Uh, at the moment, I'm reading Mina Kandasamy's new book, *Exquisite Cadavers*, which is amazing, and uh, it might be hopeful. I don't know. I'm mm-hmm. only a little bit into it. Um, I just I tend to read. I tend to try and read a variety, but I always end up reading kind of um, female narrated, mildly depressing stories and novels. Not the best kind of <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've got to ask what you give to customers when they ask for a hopeful book. Oh God, I pass them over to someone else most of the time. <laughs> um, I don't know that I can recommend Eleanor Oliphant to anyone else. Um, it's, a, it's actually a really wonderful book but I have given it out every time someone's asked me for a hopeful book because I don't read very many. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard this term, uplet. Yeah. So I go to quite a lot of festivals and um, you know talk to, to writers and people that want to be writers and I do things with 
literary agents quite often and a few years ago they all started talking about uplet yeah. and the idea that um, reality is so depressing so people have to have happy endings so um, this idea obviously makes me want to puke <laughs> and, uh, we, had, we had for a while some galley bag of bags that said fuck uplet <laughs> um, yeah the idea is it is slightly nauseating isn't it I don't know, there's nothing wrong with a nice, happy story, I guess, but the idea that because things are bad in the world, you have to not face up to the truth and hide from it does seem slightly painful. Yeah, absolutely. I think you have to bear witness to a certain degree. I mean, it doesn't mean everything has to be like that. I mean, you can get some escapism, but escapism also doesn't have to be hopeful and happy and uplifting. It can Mm. be provocative and make you think yeah and uh not that not not that all uplet is mush (laughs) (laughs) it also seems more depressing to me in a way that you that you have to escape and you're not going to face reality head on and look at something true and yet i think you get more catharsis from coming to terms with yeah i guess so and i guess that's how my story came about in a way. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it is It is a wonderfully cathartic story, isn't it? Yeah, it was um, a good relief to write and uh, really nice to be long-listed with it, especially given I don't normally write like that. It's now made me question how I write. Um, <laughs> maybe need to change that. Do you, what do you think? It's possibly a successful formula. Well, formulas are very... <laughs> Have another child and then write about that one. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> I do not recommend that. Um, <laughs> what, just not writing and then sitting down and writing? or I don't know. I think I think if you want to write, you need time, don't you? And, mm. and it's the initial idea is fun and exciting, but then it's the, the long slog that is behind that initial idea that gets you to the end point and uh, yeah I guess yeah <laughs> <laughs> so th- this one it was a long slog was it this one wasn't no this right. one wasn't a long slog at all actually it was I wrote it whilst my boyfriend played uh, the witcher I think <laughs> 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 and my baby slept on the sofa and then uh, and then sent it off to you guys um, but usually it feels like a long slog okay it's quite interesting how... I mean, it, obviously it's, it's not true always, but quite often things that pop up on the, on the prize, people say, this is the one that I kind of didn't think about in the same way and came about differently and quickly. Um, I wouldn't want to generalise too much because a lot of them, I'm sure, take years to, <laughs> as you said, <laughs> yeah, yeah. to uh, But X to was definitely yeah. one that came out quite quickly. Right. I find so frustrating because I think they are the best ones, but you can't find that moment. Like, oh, yeah. you can't just make it yeah. happen. Exactly. Yeah. I wonder if that's got something to do with, like, uh, short stories being about a moment, because mm. um, they are obviously so short, and they do just capture a scene or a moment of someone's life or or a particular story, and whether that conveys a sense of truth, which is more. Um, What's the right word? Which is makes for a better short story. I don't know those moments or for like organic writing, I suppose, um, contain something in them that maybe 
suits the short story and maybe wouldn't work so well in a novel. Because a novel is a slog. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's possible. I guess, you know, you hear, you know, Bob Dylan writing a song before breakfast and (laughs) not even realising he's written it. (laughs) Maybe some stories can come out a bit like that. Uh, Thomas uh, Chadwick, did you, above the fact, was this a, a swift... Swift come out? I think when I actually wrote it, I wrote it quite quickly. But right. I had, I had the description of um, uh, a chef cooking an egg, and I had that for a long, like several years. I wrote that and just kind of every now and then I'd look at it and think about something to do with it. And I, I, I tried a couple of other sort of directions. Um, I had quite a surreal version where the chef was cooking an egg and recording a time going to an art gallery that got very pretentious that I don't think was, <laughs> would have been a successful uh, experience for him or his customers. Um, uh, but the um, but then I, I think it was a, a, f- a friend uh, well someone told, someone told me this story about how like they they'd had a, a grandparent who they'd never really got on with and then when that grandparent got uh, Alzheimer's she sort of there was this brief moment where she sort of forgot that she didn't like her grandchildren um, and that that was a very and um, that struck that struck me as like a very kind of intro or like quite a distinct way of thinking about um, like aging and, and dementia and things um, so when I sort of connected those that particular idea with my man cooking his egg uh, then then it kind of came quite quickly I can't really remember I think I read it I think I'd I think I actually submitted it to a different prize before Galliburger, um, which I didn't get anything from. <laughs> and then sort of it just sat there, and I probably thought, oh, this, is, uh, this must be crap, I'll leave it. And then the, I think that was earlier in that year, and then in the summer I kind of put it, put it in for the Galliburger Prize. And, uh, right. That's a good job you did. <laughs> <laughs> I should also try to withdraw it from the Galliburger Prize. I don't know if you remember this. <laughs> like two, two, weeks, two weeks before the announcement I like just after, no, just after like this I like signed for this to do this book I was like read through the small print and I was like misunderstood something completely and was like oh I can't do this oh, I um, emailed Ellie and she was like calm down this is fine just leave it <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like and then when, and then when I was short, short, uh, long listed I was like oh I'm really glad you guys taught me into leaving it in the competition because <laughs> that would have been really stupid but um, yeah. So yeah, it was def- it's definitely kind of, um, and I'd also definitely entered the Galley Beggar Prize with different stories, like right. two or three times, bef- at least twice before. Oh, right, um, good. Which I think is, I don't know, I think it's quite, uh, I don't know, it's, it's I sort of like, definitely with, it's sort of not, this one and also the White Review Prize, I would sort of use those as kind of like motivational <coughs> tools within the year to get stuff written. Because for some reason, writing for a submissions window never really seems to get you kind of like get you over the line in the same way as writing for a prize entry does sometimes so I would you know that would be my deadline and I would use that to finish something that I've been meaning to finish like this egg thing and then send it off and then eventually like kind of two or three times you know, maybe something will happen which it did so that was cool yeah that's great um, and so you've also had the experience of things not happening and of, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I and mean, it's one of the you know, one of the depressing sides of being a publisher, I guess, is, you know, all the things that don't get through that are, are actually good. And you're always aware of that you're missing things as well as catching things. And, um, you know, you kind of hope other people will pick them up. And I guess this has been your experience. So that's, 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Totally. I think, um, I know, I think I had a, a friend said to me, right, uh, someone saw the older when I first started writing, he was like, you just got to collect your rejection slips. Um, and it's a weird thing to do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it kind of is a useful, and I think it's useful to know, like, I don't know, I would have liked to know more as a, when I was first sending stuff out of like how many times people have sent stuff out and nothing's mm. happened mm. before you, I don't know, you can keep going. Um, I think it's quite a, yeah, it's a useful thing to know as a writer. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a difficult part of the process, huh? but I suppose the, un- the thing that's, that's not said very often is there is luck involved as well as, yeah. it's, you know, you, you hope that talent will, will find a way through, but it doesn't always, I suspect. And, um, you know, you've got to pick up the right book on the right day and actually, at the publisher's end, have the time to read it, which very often mm. you don't. Um, so, which is one of the reasons the short story competition is so great for us, in fact, because it, in a way it buys us time to, to really put good attention on the, the things that are coming in and get writers onto our radar and, um, and to, to look at a wide variety of things from a lot of different people and to have people send us things again and all of these things are, are pretty positive for us. So it's good to hear that it's, <laughs> it's going on. And um, you've also had a collection published though, so tell us about that. Yeah, so that, um, I, about, I think it was end middle of 2018, a guy who uh, runs a small press in Birmingham called Splice um, uh, emailed me to sort of say he'd read a couple of things um, uh, of mine online. He was looking for people to looking for people who wanted to do short story collections. You know, did, did he did I was I interested? And we kind of talked about it and kind of. And then actually at that point, I that's when I had I, I'd sent above the fact to something else. It hadn't been no one had looked at it. I'd sort of decided it was crap. And then I sent it to him, and he said, "Oh no, this would probably be like the keystone of the collection." Um, and then and then that kind of which ended up being the title of the collection. So it kind of. Um, um, and then it came out and just after the short, about two months after the prize, the, the Gally Baker Prize was announced last year. Last year? Yeah, it's 2020 now, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, so it was kind of, yeah, very, again, and again, that would, if, if, if we're talking about prizes, I don't think that would have ha- happened if there wasn't a sort of prize economy going around mm. within the short story world, definitely, because I think he got in touch with me because I had a short story. Um, shortlisted for the White View Prize in a couple of years ago and that was when that was sort of led into that so yeah I think it is quite a valuable like yeah it's definitely made things happen for, for me great. great and Nicholas Petty um, it is summer at Camp Pomodoro yeah um, I, th- I remember reading again on our, on our website that it was kind of inspired by your first camping holidays, is right? Yeah, one of one of my first. I was always, um, for some reason, just set against camping until my kind of girlfriend made me see otherwise. So um, yeah, we went camping down on the Mediterranean coast. Um, big long drive down there. Um, kind of small campsite, maybe twenty thirty pitches, and kind of terraces down into the sea. So it's very much set where I went on holiday and was written kind of very quickly, like we said um, about the other stories, the day after I got back from holiday after kind of watching all these people uh, around the campsite. So 
Yeah, I'm a, I'm a convert now. <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> Have you got any, any other camping holidays planned? Yeah, I should, I should go more, but just end up with the same story. So. <laughs> <laughs> go in different seasons, I suppose, but winter at Camp Pomodoro would be a bleak, bleak outlook. But yeah. And so how does this story fit into your, your writing life? Is this the kind of thing you normally do is it? yeah so, so it's um it's interesting to see alice talk about her story because this was uh, very much a different style to my usual stories usually i kind of write i find i can either write in first person or like this in kind of really wide third person camera angle and anyth- anything in between is uh, quite difficult um but this is the first time i wrote from this perspective um it's something i kind of really enjoyed doing and, and comes out a bit more easily than other stuff so it's change the direction of where I, I go with short stories from here a, a bit, I would say. And um, also, yeah, always trying to hammer away at a novel, but a short story is a nice thing to complete and send out to magazines or competitions as well. So, right. yeah, it's a bit of a... Try and do everything all at once. Okay. And, and what about the novel? The, the novel. The right? novel. <laughs> yeah, well, I've actually just finished it, so oh, right. uh, kind of <laughs> letting it... Well, I finished it for the second time, uh, just letting it stew for a bit and right. seeing if I go go back to it and hopefully I won't won't hate it. So, but yeah. you have completed it, which is something. Yeah. In and of itself. Yeah, it's, it's written with an appropriate number of words, so I'll say that's complete. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Um, is, it, I mean, I suppose this is, this brings up the question of you know, is your ambition related to writing short stories or is the novel the thing that you feel you have to do uh, I'd, I'd say originally um i kind of got into it and almost quite naively when i first started writing just two, two or three years ago now i just sat down and wrote a hundred and fifty thousand word novel with lots of explanations of weather and stuff and it was dreadful <laughs> <laughs> but i was kind of like i'd love to publish a novel because that was kind of more what i read and then i took a step back from that because it was quite a tiring experience and started, um, I'd always kind of read short stories, but started writing and, and reading them more critically, I guess. Um, and I would love to basically do both in the end because mm. uh, short stories, are, they're so they're really fascinating. They're, they're very different as well to novels as well. And they can be, in a few words, be just as just as impactful, which is um, when you do read one of those stories, it really, um, really sticks with you. So yeah. yeah, I'd like to do both, I think. And is, it, is this true of all you guys that you're, you've, have you all got novels on the on the go? Is this, or do you feel like you should be writing a novel? I guess is the other. I, I guess I do. I've seen um, kind of short story writers feeling that they have to write novels to kind of it's where the, the money is, I guess, and mm. a bit more of the recognition. But I wonder if these days. Um, Certainly in my Twitter sphere, the short story is big. So it feels like it's growing again and collections are getting a bit more prestige and recognition. So There's certainly a bit more, from a book-selling point of view, um, a bit more of an appetite for it than when I originally started, which was maybe five or six years ago. And uh, there's definitely more interest in it. You still obviously get a lot of people who completely refuse to read a short story. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> There's no real reason <laughs> other than they just know that they don't like them. Um, but 
Yeah, there's definitely more of an appetite than there used to be, in my experience at least. So, as I'm a journalist as well, and I quite often, you know, I feel like I've been around the block a few times relating to the the death and rebirth of the short story. <laughs> yeah. Every so often, you'll spot a, an article, you know, say, short stories are back. Yeah. yeah. And they never are quite, but then they never have entirely gone away, I don't think, either. Yeah. Um, uh, but I suppose from the industry side, the kind of feeling I get is you have to you're given your short story collection as you know if you've had two or three successful mm. novels mm. you can get away with putting out a short story collection this but this of course this isn't always true and some people write short short story collections first and some people stick with short stories which i think is a good thing if it's what you like writing and it's what you're best at i feel like there's some really good sort of short stories people who've come about recently who sort of profess to be like we're going to stick with short stories mm. and really make that their thing and mm. I think that's quite yeah yeah this is something that I would I would hope can happen um, you know you're it's always a worry you think someone has been pressured into writing a novel when they could have mm. turned out quite mm. a few really good short stories and the mm. novel isn't quite their thing and um, it just feels like a natural progression but it really needn't be Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it just depends on the story itself, doesn't it? Mm. I think if, as a writer, it's. I don't think. I mean, I don't know personally whether something I'm writing is going to be a short story or a novel, unless it's the novel I'm already working on. Once I've. Until I've finished it, until I've seen it through. Um, and I don't think you should feel pressured to make it longer if, if this story doesn't suit it. Mm. I guess the other thing is that a short story collection is quite a strange and magical thing mm. about why it feels coherent and why you keep reading it. And um, so, Thomas, it was interesting to hear you talking about above the fact being the, the keystone. Is that what you said? I don't think that's the right word. <laughs> uh, I think I but you know, you have this feeling. The longest story. Um, that they, things fit together in a certain way. Yeah, I, th- I think I, um, I didn't really realise, I probably hadn't, realise some of the connections between things I've been writing, which is probably inevitable. Um, uh, there were a lot of quite uh, similarly sort of slightly um, sort of um, characters who'd kind of missed opportunities and lost uh, lost sight of things, or sort of kind of failed to li- their lives had failed to live up to their expectations to a certain extent. Um, and, that, and, and that kind of, and I think that probably did come out more strongly in this story maybe it was probably this yeah it was one of the last pieces I would have written for it so I guess it, I think also my writing had improved a lot over there because it was stuff I'd written over like four or five years so I mean the stuff I was writing five I, you know I can see the yeah yeah you can see the improvement in your own right. writing um so I guess it's yeah so for me it was kind of the keystone because it was sort of I felt like it was like the longest and most most comp- like most coherent piece of writing. Um, uh, yeah, sorry, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about uh, collections of short stories. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that feeling that I suppose what's a good way of describing? You know, the way you feel like a, a good album takes you from the first song to the last song, and it's a yeah. You know, the songs can be radically different, but there's somehow they make a coherent whole, and I get quite often get that impression with a good collection of short stories. Yeah, I, th- 
I think so. I mean, that was definitely something I tried to address when I went to put them when when I was putting it together, and I sort of added a couple of little pretend stories to kind of. That's on the road. Yeah, they're all no, they're pretend. Um, <laughs> but like, um, I put these sort of way markers in through it to try and give it a thread through it that I didn't have before. I don't. Right. It's not. No one seems to notice that. So I don't know if it worked. But um, uh, yeah, I think. But I also think it's kind of. I think I wonder whether this distinction between the short story and the, and the novel might be one of those things where, because everyone's kind of in it, in that literary sort of way of looking at things, that they notice very specific differences. That actually someone from outside will be like, "It's all the same. You're just writing these yeah. these tales," and and some of them are a little bit shorter and some are a bit longer. And everyone's worrying about which one, which form is dying, which form is thriving. And I, I kind of, I'm not sure of the details, but I don't think all, all other literary cultures have the same fixed. I feel like it's a very particularly anglophone thing to have the short story, the short story collection, the novel and this kind of attacking mm. kind of mm-hmm. antagonism between the two. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to hear other people say that they you know, they don't know whether things are gonna be a long or short when they when they start writing them. And the other thing that's really interested me listening to you all is that you've most of you have kind of said these stories have felt like way markers and you can see your progress through this story and that Maybe even before you sent it off, you knew you'd done something pretty good. Is, would that be true of all of you? Or did it feel more like a shot in the dark? Laura, <laughs> you're looking <laughs> I think it just, yeah, it felt, felt, I think I was just so happy to have finished one and, you know, and, and, then I, and it was a shot in the dark, I guess. But I also, I did feel sort of pleased with it in a weird way because it's such a different style to anything I've ever written. So I was just like, oh, I can write in this different way and that was nice and I was like yeah so I didn't really think it was special but I was kind of just happy to have completed something that was an experiment and worked well kind of what you know well I think it works yeah it works <laughs> don't worry <laughs> <laughs> well yeah I did it that's what I'm trying to say <laughs> it is interesting right, like the thing about you know novels or short stories and stuff and I guess like yeah I have always thought of like wanted to write a novel as an ambition and I don't know that's sort of being pressed upon me in in my own head just because I but now that I think about the things that that mean the most to me I realise like actually quite a lot of them are short story collections and I don't Mm -hmm. know why there's a thing especially the world we live in I definitely go through phases where I just can't handle reading a novel Mm. like they're, they're really getting confined to kind of holidays or times where I know I've got time and I do find myself reading short stories um like a, a, a lot just because I know I can complete one and that's reading one and that's really nice um, so yeah I've been really I've been really enjoying them yeah has everyone else been in, reading a lot of short stories is this <laughs> I think I often read quite a lot of short stories um, as collections or alone or alone single ones I think a lot of um, from what I've noticed a lot of more contemporary authors are publishing their novel, then publishing a few short stories in between publishing the next novel. Um, and so there's some really good bits that have come out of that, um, but some really excellent collections in the past few years as well. Uh, yeah, it's, it's easier to dip in and out of a collection um, than it is a novel. But then also, like you say, they work so well as a whole. You can have it either way, which is why I don't understand why... People are so hesitant <laughs> with them. Yeah. And I guess the, the last thing I have to know is, are you all working on something at the moment? Have you got things? 
I don't want to break the spell <laughs> to yourselves. But. Um, I am going to be working on a novel as of this year, yeah, cause, um, which will be, I, I do read a lot of short stories and I have for this whole time I've been writing my book and I'm really looking forward to reading them as short stories and not trying to be like, how does this work? Let's <laughs> yeah. pull this apart and try and steal it. <laughs> in, a, in an honourable kind of way, um, But yeah, because my book is coming out next year of short stories, so that yeah, making space for the novel that's oh, great. terrifying to <laughs> even consider. So... Yeah. Your, your book is going to be called? Paradise Block. Paradise Block. Yeah. And it's got a publisher? Yes. It has. <laughs> Serpent's Tail. Oh, ah, brilliant. Um, yeah, it's very exciting. <laughs> 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 Great names. I think you, yeah. It's all, they're all sort of related to the Tower Block where the um, tragical family of eggs. <laughs> 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 and then yeah it just sort of momentum wise really helped me on my way so mm. I was really grateful for that <laughs> and are you everyone else do you feel like you're you're on the way you, sh- you should do I mean it's <laughs> we get a lot of entries for the prizes it's not easy breaking through I think confidence is the thing it, that's what it changed for me mm. and meant I went back to writing um, and stopped avoiding it um, mm. And have been working on stuff ever since, and hopefully soon we'll have finished a first draft. Um, but it's it's just having someone who is in the industry reading your writing and thinking that it's more than acceptable, <laughs> 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 which is which is the nice boost. Um, yeah, that's good. but Robbie Williams wasn't one of them. <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Um, what can I tell you? The things that do crop up a lot. Um, death. <laughs> and, and woe. Of various, various kinds. And, uh, um, yeah, so having a birth story is more unusual I think it's even though obviously it's a fundamental yeah. <laughs> um, and you know just a hugely well you know anything I say is going to sound trite <laughs> <laughs> you know just how how huge it is but 
yeah, it's it's quite hard. I don't know. Is it hard? Hard to write about and think about? Is it? I don't know what. I'm trying to think of other examples of births in literature now. Of course, there's David Copperfield, <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty great. <laughs> um, yeah, stiff competition there. Yeah. Uh, Tristan Shandy. Tristan Shandy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brilliant. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> Not a short story, though, famously. No. Right. Is it a book called Eleven Hours? I can't remember the author's name. Um, and that's about labour. And it's quite intense. Right. Really? <laughs> yeah. a, a, whole, a whole novel about it. Yeah, it's not very long. It's more a novella than a novel. Okay. Um, or a large short story. And uh, it's, it's about her going into labour and the right. process of labour. Um, although it does centre quite a lot on the relationship between the par- uh, the mother and the father and her friend, I think. I really do remember. Yeah. It's good. It's a good yeah. read. Yeah. What's it called again? Eleven hours. Eleven hours. Okay. Does I need to oh. keep the population down? Or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Detail. <laughs> <I need. laughs> Essentially contraception. Yeah. <laughs> it's Indian camp, of course. Has everyone read that? The heavy no. motion story. No. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, it's in, in our times, first collection. And uh, well, I can't tell you if you haven't read it what, what <laughs> happens. It's pretty. It's pretty intense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love a Papa short story. <laughs> Didn't one of you say on our website that you like reading Hemingway? Um, yeah. Is that you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Guilty. Maybe I did. <laughs> I think, yeah. yeah. He's always good. Yes, he is. He's yeah. pretty impassionable. Yeah. But he's fucking great. <laughs> yeah. I think my favourite discovery of uh, recent years was, has anyone read Lucia Berlin? No. Yes. Manual for Clean yeah. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. It really is one of the best things I've ever read. Yeah, I loved it. I love the mood and the like setting. It's all in the, like a sort of New Mexico and Arizona and she sort of drifts around with laundrettes and stuff. It's really cool. It's wonderful. Who else who else do you read? He's a good short story writer. Sarah Hall. Oh yeah. Oh, She's yeah. so good. Yeah. I want to eat her pages. <laughs> <laughs> just so she's just so good. Mrs. Fox. Oh yeah. yeah. And the Quidover. Has anyone read no, that? No, that's so good. They're so bizarre and strange. Is that a Fitzcarraldo um, one? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who, sorry? Camilla Quidover. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It came out like two years ago. It's very, very strange um, and hard to explain <laughs> as well. <laughs> it's all like every story is just like heaped up with all this junk. Yes, it's a little like, like Detroiters. Yeah, there's one where yeah. um, this guy is worried about his belongings getting stolen on a ship or something, and he chooses to can all of his belongings, like his silk handkerchiefs and his shoes <laughs> and his hats and his eyeglasses, and like, and send them to himself that way. It's really <laughs> weird and absolutely great. Sounds good. Right, I guess we should uh, <laughs> kind of break out of this yeah. this sweep and go back to back to reality, yeah. away from a, a kind of cocoon of stories, and <laughs> back into the night. <laughs> <laughs>